Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
what was happening in people's lives that they begin to be called Christians. And we see that in Acts chapter number 11. And in Acts chapter number 11, we see the church at Antioch. And the people there, they demonstrated, they had some actions in their life. The demonstrations in their life were such that people began to say, those folks are Christians. They are followers of Jesus Christ. Let's all stand together and read, uh, beginning in verse 19, Acts 11, beginning in verse 19. The Bible says, Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Serene, who, when they had came, had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he had come, when he came, he had seen the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Let's all pray. Lord, I just pray today, Lord, for your anointing, Lord, for your unction to preach your word. God, I just pray that you would convict each one of us, God. Lord, I pray we'd see you lifted up. Lord, I pray for your wisdom. God, I pray for your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. You know, as we see here, the church, the church, and really the Bible says here, the disciples, and really we want to come back to each individual person, the people here in Antioch, there were some things that they demonstrated that where people began to call them Christians. Because of the way they conducted their lives, they were called Christians. And I think the first thing we can see is as we look in this passage and begin to gain a little bit of insight of this church at Antioch on why they were called Christians, I think first we see that they demonstrated salvation. They demonstrated salvation. The Bible, uh, as we look in verse 20, the Bible says, but some of them were men from Cyprus and Serene, who when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. You know, for them, they demonstrated salvation. It was a salvation of grace. What did the Bible say? A great number of them turned to the Lord. You know, what we need to realize first is the thing that we've learned 
in vacation Bible school, the ABCs of salvation. No, that's really what it comes, the first step to becoming a Christian. Or that is what it takes to become a Christian is first we need to be born again, as Jesus said in, in John chapter 3. But as the, as the ABCs of salvation that we have talked about in Bible school, you know, first we need to admit, right? We need to admit that you're a sinner. You know, before we can come to the point where we admit our sin, we'll never come to the point where we seek forgiveness of our sin. You know, I think the greatest problem in churches today is people have forgot how to admit their sin. Right? You know, the reason I think a lot of folks do not ever really recognize their sin because they sit, they do not see anyone living a holy life. But first, we need to admit our sin. The second thing, we need to believe. A, admit. B, believe. What do we need to believe? We need to believe that Jesus is God's Son. And then we need to confess. And what do we need to confess? That Jesus is our Savior and Lord. And you know, for that, as far as confession, one of the greatest ways I know to confess is to confess to God through prayer, right? Pray and tell God, yes. I confess I am a sinner. I realize that I'm in my sin. And I'm trusting you to be my Savior. You know, as we look here, we're not talking about, with these people, this salvation of grace. I don't want anybody to be confused as we continue through this message. It's not a salvation of works, but a salvation of that works, right? You know, for so many today in America, they think the reason they're going to heaven is because they're going to do more good things than bad things. Y'all awake? Y'all got it? Right? 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 Do you believe that? You know, I was, I was, uh, had the television on the other day, little, little sitcom program was on and these folks thought because they gave an amount of money to this school that it was going to get them into heaven you know what that's what a lot of folks think if I can just do more good than bad I'll make it into heaven but it's not about what we do the Bible says in uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 for by grace you have been saved through faith in that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But go on to, to verse 10. We read that so many times, and we realize salvation is all of what Jesus has done on the cross. But if we go on to verse 10, the Bible says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should work in them. You know what we have to realize? is that we need to demonstrate our salvation. We need to work out our salvation. Our salvation should change the way we live. And it's more, salvation is more than just believing that there is a God. The Bible tells us in James chapter number 2, he says, Thus 
faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. You know what? A lot of folks, they would. That would bother me. Right? But you know the problem is? It wasn't me that said it. It was the Bible. It's just the truth. Right? People all over Fannin County, if you look, they say they have faith, but their faith is dead. Because if you look at their life, it does not demonstrate a life of faith. If, if you go on through that verse, uh, James said that some will, will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. How can you show your faith without works? You know, really, if I say that I've got faith, if I say I can dunk a basketball with one hand tied behind my back, What, what are you going to say, John? No, you know what you're going to, you're going to say? Show me, right? Right? You know, for so many, they just want to say that they have faith. You know what James said? Show me. You know what the world is saying today? Show me. That's what they're saying today. You know why churches are not filled up today? Because we're not showing them. Because people claim the name of Christ, why should anyone live righteously? Why should anyone seek Christ when we live the exact same life that someone who does not claim Christ lives? You believe, verse 19 of James 2, you believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. You know, for us, James said, even the demons believe there's one God, and it scares them. You know, for so many today, we may say there's one God, and it don't even scare us. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. If we go on, he continues, and he begins to speak about Abraham. And the Bible says, Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. There in James 2, he said, Abraham trusted and had such faith in God that even when God said, Abraham, take your son and sacrifice him. You know what Abraham did? He was willing to. Abraham had such faith that he did anything God wanted him for. And I wonder today if we say we trust in God, if we say we have faith, but we're not willing to obey him. Do we really trust him at all? If we really trust him and we know he has our best, why don't we obey him? Well, God, I will obey you, but I'm going to do my thing, my way. Well, that's not trusting him that he knows best, right? 
Because we look where we confess, we must realize that Jesus is the Lord. He is the head. He is our ruler. Romans 10 said, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That confession means in the Greek that you say the same thing about your sins, the same thing about Christ that God would say. We confess, we agree with him. But you know, as we look closer at this salvation of grace, That they demonstrate. What did it say there in verse 20? It said, But some of them were being from Cyprus and Serene, who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. I don't know if we know the significance of those words right there. I don't know if we grasp the significance. The Hellenists. A few verses before there, it said they were always going and only spreading the gospel to the Jews. They were only sharing the gospel with the folks they cared about. They were only sharing the gospel with the people that were like them. But then there's some folks from Cyprus and Serene. I guess they just didn't know any better. They were so excited about what God done for them, they were willing to tell anybody that they were saved. They began to share the gospel with the Gentiles. You know, just a chapter earlier, as we looked a few weeks back, is where Peter first went to Cornelius. But here are these folks. They didn't wait to get a letter from the church at Jerusalem and say, it's all right, see, now you can share the gospel with the Gentiles. It's all right, now you can share the gospel with those folks you don't like. You know what they did? They just began sharing the gospel with everybody. And I wonder, in our life, who are we sharing the gospel with? You know, they ended up being called Christians because they were ready to share the gospel. They were ready to preach the Lord Jesus with whoever. They were excited. You know what I'm afraid we just need to get a dose of? We just need to get excited about what God's done for us. Amen. We just need to spend a little bit of time and think about where we were before Christ came into our life. And you may say, oh, well, I was young. I just tell you what, you were still on your way to hell before Jesus redeemed you and get excited about what's happening in our life and be ready to share the gospel. You know, that should be, here these folks, they were preaching Jesus to everybody. And I wonder, in our life, how many times we meet and we talk to someone and we talk about so many things that will not matter and never share Jesus with them. And you say, why do you think we do that? You know why I think we do that? Or why I think y'all do that? Because I do it too. Just this past week, 
This is the line man for the first time. Talked to him a little while. We talked about a, not a long conversation, but just for a few minutes. And I turned around to walk off, and he walked off, and he got in his truck, and I, he started to leave. You know what hit me, Charlie? I thought, I'm going to never see that guy again. I never told him anything about Jesus. I didn't even invite him to church. I may never meet him again. And I thought, goodness, David, you've missed me. And I wonder how many of us, how many of you, that that's the same thing. These folks were called Christians because the thing that dominated their thinking was preaching what Jesus had done for them. We need to be someone that demonstrates salvation. That salvation of grace. But not only was it a salvation of grace, it was a salvation of growth. Going on down in verse 22, he said, Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. You know, for them, people noticed the difference in their lives. It was such a difference of what was going on there at Antioch that miles away in Jerusalem, they heard about what was happening. And I wonder, in our lives, does people see a difference in our life from how we acted before Christ and how we act now? Can people see a difference in our life, in us and others around us who do not claim the name of Christ? When you first trust Christ as your Savior, Bible talks about there's more joy in heaven. Great joy. But you're a baby Christian. A young Christian. But you know what? We don't need to stay that way. Listen, as we announced earlier, Dustin and Jesse going to be having a baby. And everybody's excited and everybody's happy about it. But if they had that baby in 10 years, it was still a little baby in diapers, nobody would be excited about it. Right? Nobody would be happy about it. Right? We would, there'd be a problem. Right? It'd be a sad thing instead of a joyous thing. But what happens with so many Christians? We continue just to be a baby Christian. We continue to live the same way we've always lived. Paul talked to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. He said, I, uh, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. He goes on in verse 2, he says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. Even now you're still not able for you are still carnal. You know what Paul is telling them? That word carnal, you know what that means in the Greek? It means fleshly. You know what Paul is telling them? You're still living after your flesh. 
you are still a baby in Christ. You've not come to the point where you can sacrifice yourself and live for Jesus. Over the past couple weeks, I've listened to, I've, I've went back and, you know, the internet's a great thing. You can see a lot of stuff and, and uh, several, I've listened to a number of messages from folks that have been dead for years. And there's some of them that even some of the things as I grew up that's looking back, I'm thinking, you know what? Some of the things they preached on just really wasn't no reason to preach on, right? But you know one thing I can tell you is this. Folks back there living the life they did, you can tell a difference between when someone was Christian and when someone wasn't. Even as I was driving to church this morning, was listening to the radio station, the Christian radio station, and just as I turned it on, it uh, somebody come kind of summing something up, and they said, "Have you got to the point where when you hear somebody call God's name in vain, it no longer bothers you? Have you got to the point?" Where when you hear somebody make fun of Christians and God, does it bother you? You know what I'm afraid in America today? That's what we've got to. We've got where it just no longer bothers us. We're not living separated. We're not living holy. You know, if we look the uh in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Paul begins to talk to Timothy. He said, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter, latter, in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. I'm afraid that's where so many of us are today. We are seared. We're numb to the fact that sin is going on all around us and it does not bother us. I wonder, does the Holy Spirit convict you of your sin? You know, that's where we need to be in our life. We need to be to the point where even, a, even something that people would think is something small, that we're so in touch with God that we realize the sin that's in our life. You know, for us, looking at this salvation of growth, the salvation of grace, the salvation of growth, if you were arrested today <coughs> and the charge against you was being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you How do we grow in Christ? You know, the first thing, we need to make sure we get in His Word. See what He says. We need to be spending time with Christ. We need to be more willing to follow His commands than we are our own fleshly desires. But not only do they demonstrate Christ 
I think we can see they demonstrated sincerity. You know, sincerity in their action. Verse 23, it says, uh, Acts 11, and he, and he came, this is Barnabas came, when he came, he had seen the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged them that uh, all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. You know, for, for Barnabas, he saw, he could see the grace of God in their actions. He saw their sincerity. When Barnabas got to know them, he still came back and said, yes, these folks are following God. And I wonder in our lives, you know, this morning, we're all cleaned up and we're here in church. We've had a time of singing and great time of worshiping God. But if someone really got to know you, came and lived with you, would they still say, yes, I see the grace of God working in them? Not that anyone's perfect. But how many of us in our private lives do things far You know, I thought this past week I read an article and it was about uh, Chip and Sarah Gaines, uh, Chip and, well, what's their name? Joanna Gaines. The people that do the the fixer up, fix up houses. I don't know if y'all ever seen that, but I think I watch that sometimes. Watch them. You know, Bad instead of fixing up my house, I watch him fix up somebody else's house. So, you know. But you know what I thought was so ironic on this article? It talked about them living out their faith and how that even on television they're living out their faith. And it said, I thought it was ironic that they have become popular because of television. And in that article it said, in their house, they do not even own a television. You never have. Oh, really? I didn't know. It said they don't even have a television. You know what I wondered? I wondered in our life, we turn that thing off just more. Spend more time with God. sincerity of our actions. You know what people want to see? They want to see somebody that's sincere. Somebody that's genuine. Somebody that's real. Not someone that acts one way in church in a different way when they get out of church. Somebody that acts, someone that acts one way at work and a different way at home and a different way. No, we need to be sincere. We need to be genuine. We need to be real. When Barnabas came and started living with these folks, he didn't write back and say, well, all that you've heard is just lies. He said, I can see the grace of God working in you. You just need to continue doing what you're doing. 
But not only was they sincere in their actions, they were sincere in their acceptance. Going on down, then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. You know what Paul did? What saw or what Barnabas did? <coughs> when he saw the way they acted at Antioch, the first thing he did, he went and he got Saul. And he said, We need to, I need to bring him here. He can be a help to these people. These people can be a help to him. Paul was not always accepted. As we read earlier in Acts chapter number 9, verse 26, a few weeks back, Saul, when he went to Jerusalem, nobody wanted to have anything to do with him. You know, I think some people did not accept Paul or Saul because of his past sin. And let me say this one thing. I want to make sure we all know where we're at. I'm not talking about accepting sin, okay? Because it's it's sad in our country today and in our culture today, you know what? Everybody wants to say, you just need to accept everybody. And you know what that means? You need to embrace their sin. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about embracing someone's sin. For Paul, he was not continuing in his sin. He had trusted Christ as his Savior, but the church was not accepting him, not because of what he was doing now, but they weren't accepting him because of what he had done in the past. You know what we need to do? We need to accept people regardless of their past. Right? We need to, be, we need to love them. If they are trying to live for Christ, we need to love them. We need to embrace them. Not accepting their sin, but we need to be accepting of, of them. But you know, I think another thing, as far as Paul, some people not want to accept him. It may have been that Paul was just too enthusiastic about what was happening in his life. Can you imagine meeting Paul? You know, for Paul, I, I'm sure he was one that if he showed up here today, it'd be different, right? Y'all may think I'd probably get excited and a little bit. I just think this, you know, Paul, he got folks so stirred up, they either loved him or wanted to stone him, right? You know, those that confessed Christ loved him. Those that didn't, they wanted to stone him. For some, they might have want, not want to accept Paul just because of his demeanor. And, you know, for us, we need to accept folks whether we like them or not if they're Christians trying to live for God. Just this past week, Andy showed up, showed me a little video on YouTube. Let me say, uh, and, and it was called Tad. Y'all look this up, watch it. It'll either help you or convince you or make you laugh or something. From the skit guys, Tad, the most annoying kid in the youth group. That's what the name of it was. And if you've ever been in ministry, if you've ever ministered to people, it was kind of humorous. In the video, Tad shows up at the church, and there's two guys that work with the youth, 
And they're sitting here saying, I had to go talk to him last time. Now you go talk to him this time. You know, and they get a fight on who's going to have to go minister to Tad. And you say, does that, does, does that really happen in the life of preachers? Yeah, you know what the difference is? For me, I ain't got no way to fight with them. Who's got to go do it? So, you know, you know, just kind of, you just have to bite the bullet and go do it, right? You know? Because there are some people that are annoying, right? Can you go ahead and say amen? Right? <laughs> or something? I hope you're not one of the ones that are annoying, but, you know, you look at the person beside you and know whether they're going to know them more or not, you know, right? <laughs> but as it turned out in the, the, the little video, the fellow that ended up having one fellow, they had to go out there and he said, well, oh, is so-and-so, I really want to talk to him. He went running back there and said, oh, he won't see you. And he went out there and the fellow told him his problem. Broke his heart to begin to talk to the young guy. You know, for us, no matter how annoying people are, we need to love them anyway. What did Jesus say in John chapter 13, and verse 34 and 35? He said, This is my commandment that you love one another. He goes on and he says, They'll know you by the love you have for one another. You know, for the disciples there, they were called Christians. I think because they demonstrated that love for one another. They accepted people. But not only did they accept people, they accepted preaching. What did the Bible go on down there in verse 26? When he found him, he brought him down out. And so it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. Paul and Barnabas stayed here preaching and teaching the people. They accepted what was said. You know, today, so many people don't want to hear the truth anymore, do they? For so many, when we read the Bible, you want to try to explain away everything that the Bible says. We want to try to prove why we're right instead of just trusting what God says is right. But Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. He said, be instant in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all of on sorting and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth, and be turned aside to fables. Think about our world that we live in today. What's happening for so many? It's not that what, what God's word says is sin. And what people have known was sin for years. 
represents it. For all time. They come back and what did they do? They didn't endure sound doctrine, sound teaching, but according to their own desires. You know what, Skip? I just don't like what the Bible says. How about me and you starting a church and you being the teacher and you say what I want to hear and then I'll be glad to be there every Sunday. And we can get everybody that's, you know, as long as you don't say anything about the sin in my life, then I'm happy and will do that. You know, that almost sounds foolish. But that's where so many churches are at today in America. No longer preaching and teaching what God says. But it's teaching and preaching whatever is popular at that time period. Here at the church at Antioch, they were willing to hear what was said. You know, there's one more point, and I think we're going to count you right there. They were, they demonstrated by seeing as well. If you read the rest of the chapter, they sent money. They sent their money. You know, one thing, even this week, going through some financing stuff and stuff, and You know, I wonder in our life, do you demonstrate you're a Christian by the way you give? You know, for the church here at Antioch, they were willing to send money to the church there in Jerusalem because of what was going on in their life. This past week, I've had the opportunity, got to fill out a financial statement for some stuff. Now that they want to know what you own, then they always want to know what you owe, right? I started to fill out, I thought, well, I don't really owe that much. But as I started filling that out, this thought came to my mind, I started thinking, but you know, I always give this amount of money to the church. I thought, you know what, they don't Nobody puts that on the financial statement, right? Maybe I should. I don't know. Yeah, I owe this to God. You know what, Skip? That's kind of aggravating. I wish I'd have done that. <laughs> Didn't think about it for right now, but you know, I wish I'd have done that. You know, that's what I owe to God. Right. You know? Here at church, they demonstrated. They were Christians by the way they gave, the way they sent their money. Then on in chapter 13, the way they sent missionaries. But you know, in our life today, do we display? Salvation of grace. 
what Jesus has done. Not only is there salvation and grace, there's a salvation and growth. Others saw a difference in their lives. You know, for them, not only was there a demonstration of salvation, there was a demonstration of sincerity. They were sincere in their actions. But the way they lived their lives, it was genuine. It was real. It was sincere. What did they put on the face for some? Lived a different way for others. How we live our lives? It's sincere. It's genuine. Is it real? Is it consistent? You know they were sincere in their acceptance and love for people. No matter what their past was. No matter. Lord, show us areas in our life where we're not sincere, where we're not consistent. Lord, I pray that you would show us areas in our life, God, where we still need to grow closer to you. Lord, I pray that we would be willing to admit our sin before you. God, not only do we admit our sin, God, we turn to you. Lord, I pray that As we sing, God has spoke to your heart. The altar is open. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.